Today, I've got a guest for the program that's going to open your eyes and you're going to learn a lot. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Thursday edition. I have a great listener to this program that has reached out to me and has been suggesting some people I should talk to and perhaps have as guests on the program Truth to Ponder. Some of these people are just absolutely incredible. And one that was suggested is an individual, I never heard of him, but his name is uh, William Wong, Dr. William Wong, uh, ND and a PhD, classical neuropath, exercise physiologist, and he's got a lot of, of credentials. And he and I had a chance to talk, and get to know each other, and I'm telling you, this is going to be a great program. You're going to learn a lot. He's got some excellent insight from his years of work. And so let's find out more about uh, Dr. William Wong. Dr. Wong, I want to welcome you to Truth to Ponder. And so give me a little bit of your background. Where are you from? As a Brooklyn boy, uh, coming from a fairly nasty neighborhood, (laughs) a series of fairly nasty neighborhoods, I cobbled together the best education I could possibly do at that mm-hmm. at that time. Got a, a degree in uh, physical education and sports medicine from Brooklyn College. That was my, mm-hmm. my undergraduate degree. Then I started a master's degree in corrective therapy at Long Island University, and there I met. You're talking about CW Post. Yes, exactly mm-hmm. the 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 Brooklyn campus at, at at the old Brooklyn Paramount Theater. All right. The uh, the head trainer there was a fellow named Dr. Charles W. Turner. And Dr. Turner was the first black chiropractor, the first black naturopath, the first black osteopath, the first black doctor of Chinese medicine. He got all these degrees after he'd served in World War One with the 369th Harlem Hellfighters Regiment, which was probably one of the most decorated regiments of the First World War. All right. He was my inspiration in naturopathic. So then I I, I went from corrective therapy into naturopathic medicine. And uh, Doc had something that he tried to pass on to the rest of us. And some of us got some of it and some of us didn't. But Doc could heal by the laying on of hands. And I, I saw it give you an example this uh chinese kid came down into the training room at liu and he had just gotten off the still rings evaluating his injury mm-hmm. he had a third degree tear of several of the rotator cuff muscles in his shoulders mm-hmm. third degree means you need surgery to fix them doc said okay and he started working with his hands and he put a a, a special herbal poultice that he used to use on the on the fellow's shoulder, but he was still working with his hands, laying his hands on, mm-hmm. pressing on acupuncture points, doing whatever. In 20 minutes' time, we reevaluated. The injury was gone. The kid went back to doing still rings with no break, except for those 20, 30 minutes he was downstairs in the training room with us, mm-hmm. and Doc was working intensely on him. So he went from having an injury that required surgery to being fully healed. Doc could do this with horses. He could do this with dogs. He did it with humans. 
He was extremely humble. He never charged a patient a thing. Mm-hmm. He had a box on the wall, whatever you could give him, that was fine. And if you couldn't pay him, then you'd, you know, just come back and throw something in the box. He got everything from cigars to chicken pot pies <laughs> to live chickens yeah. to, you know, rum to God knows what. Yeah. Uh, and he was an old fashioned, old timey doctor in the Great Depression. Yeah. I, I've met a few of them. I, I really have growing up as a, even a young child, an older doctor in in Long Island who I guess was in his 60s in the 1960s. So mm-hmm. and so he, he was a child. Of, he had learned and done his study during the Depression. And he was one of those kind of doctors that smoked a camel cigarette during the exam. <laughs> yes. I, I remember that to this day. <laughs> You know, yep. he's got a cigarette in his mouth during my, you know, getting ready for first grade exam. You know, that's just how it was. But he was also a very skilled doctor. And I think we've lost sight of that. It's become more of a business uh, to many doctors. It's and, all a business. And, yeah. and, and, and all the insurance and, and all the the malpractice insurance they got to deal with and all the pharmaceutical companies, you know, knocking on your door to, to push their stuff. And, and it's become... I'm just going to give you my opinion. I'm beginning to think that many doctors have just become pill pushers uh, for, for for big pharma. I mean, that's just maybe I'm wrong, but that's no, just it, the way I feel. You're 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 absolutely dead on. It used to be that not all, but most of the people who went into medicine went into medicine because they cared about folks and they wanted to heal them, like Doctor Kildare did on the on the old radio and TV <laughs> shows. <laughs> that's not the case. That hasn't been the case. Since at least the 1970s, what mm-hmm. we have now are a bunch of, of baby boomers going into extras, going into whatever, many of whom were druggies who wanted to be able to just sign for drugs and get drugs whenever they wanted to. Yeah, that's so they true. To get drugs legally. And funny, you funny you mentioned that my my late wife uh, had a lot of health issues over the years, and not her fault, just the way it was. Mm-hmm. But a couple of her doctors, I could tell, you know, um, let's say had habits. Yeah, and and uh, some got into trouble uh, for that that very reason. You're right; they could, they could prescribe themselves whatever, or and get it. Yes, exactly, exactly. And now you know there there are two kinds of smart people. There are there are your your seventy percent of folks who are your 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 memorizers and repeaters, mm-hmm. and the thirty percent of folks who are the thinkers and the innovators. Unfortunately, most of allopathic medicine is made up of the memorizers and repeaters. Mm-hmm. They've never had an original thought in their lives. And they're really good at memorization, but they also are so good at memorizing short-term that as soon as they take their, their final exams or their licensing exam, they dump the data. So when it actually comes time to practice, they don't remember a dang thing. No, they don't. But they remember what the guy that just came in from Pfizer told them to prescribe for whatever ails you. Bingo, exactly. And, and I've that seen that. What? He wasn't a physician. He may have had a, a, a degree in biochemistry. He may have had a, he may be a pharmacist, but, but you know, he, he's never treated patients in actuality. So there's no clinical experience there. You know, 90% of medicine is clinical experience. And, and, and so things get skewed and patients actually become a way of getting income, but not the most important part of your mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know some of these doctors that would that have told me over the years, especially uh, how many times the pharmaceutical guys will come and take everybody in his office out to a very pricey lunch or dinner, mm-hmm. and then 
talk about the the miracle drug of the day and yep. that you know if anybody has any of the following symptoms try prescribing this you know placebo right. x whatever they're going to call it today whatever yep. and and i think one of the worst things this is my opinion and if you share it that's wonderful um advertising all these pharmaceutical drugs on television to people that are laymen that don't understand, but they're going to ask their doctor about whatever it is, and I've got to have it today. Get some today. What has that done uh, to our medical establishment? We should have have banned pharmaceutical ads the way we banned cigarette and booze ads. But, you know, the, 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 the... the payment stuff even goes further. And this is something that the AMA denies, but it's easily provable. When I lived in Arizona and worked there, there was a place on, on Shea Boulevard in Scottsdale, mm-hmm. around 114th Street, 119th Street in Shea, called PCS, Prescription Something Service. Mm-hmm. These guys keep track of every script that gets written in the entire United States in every zip code because the drug reps get paid by how many scripts were written for the drugs they represent in mm-hmm. their particular zip codes. Mm-hmm. But also, PCS keeps track of how, what, which docs are writing how many prescriptions for the drugs that are still under patent. Right. And you write after you write a certain number of prescriptions a month, it just so happens you get a thank you check in the mail at the end of each month. Doesn't surprise me. Believing in their products. AMA swears this doesn't happen, but I can bloody well prove it. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. and I used to know docs who paid for their daughter's braces, who paid for their Mercedes, who would pay for their golf courses, who would pay for their for their office overhead Mm -hmm. with those checks for the membership at the country club. Yes, exactly. Especially the 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 uh, tournament players club. That's Mm -hmm. a really expensive thing to belong to up in Scottsdale. Yeah, I believe it. No, I look. None of this is surprising me. Um, in in my lifetime, I'm 67. I have watched the entire what I call respected medical establishment turn into nothing but a corporate entity. Uh, I've known too many doctors that are younger than I am that are more about their stock portfolio than than your health portfolio. Oh gosh, yes, they care about the horses or the cars and the golf game. Mm, I mean, you're, it, it, you're you're just a way for them to get that. I know. And and uh, you become a number. And then so I want to just I, I wasn't planning on going here with you on. But I'm going to ask you just your opinion, because there's a lot of stuff I want to share. And I'm I'm hoping you can be on the entire program, because there's some other things about Dr. Will Wong that my audience needs to know that I'm learning about, which may be helpful to you. And I'll, I'm just going to ask this. When you look at this pandemic that we are I don't know if we're in it or out of it at the moment. I think we're pretending we're out of it at the moment. Um, We've never been in it. Well, you know, but they'll bring us back in in time, I think, yes. in the fall. We, we got to have it for the fall just in case we need mail-out ballots. You know, that <laughs> yes, I, bingo. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, that's what I'm figuring. From your experience, and, and I, I just, I, I know my experience in emergency management told me that something is wrong. And now, every once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll be talking to somebody that I kind of know, whether through a, a social media channel or whatever the case may be. Well, I knew several people that died of the virus. And maybe that's true. But did they die only of the virus is my first question. pneumonia from having the virus untreated. Let me tell you what happened. There, there were seven U.S. 
uh, microbiology labs connected to universities, major universities. Mm -hmm. And they asked WHO, CDC, and uh, the FDA for samples of the uh, coronavirus so they can start working on a cure. Okay. WHO, CDC, and FDA said they didn't have it. Uh Nah. And, and, and so but, but how do we but how do we get a PCR test all the way back in February? Yeah. Millions of people are infected. What do you mean you don't have it? So they went and they went to the hospitals that, that their labs were associated with, the university hospitals, mm-hmm. and they started getting uh, they asked for all of the uh, all of the nasal probe samples. And they got those in mm-hmm. and they tested them for unique viruses. They wanted to see what was there. They didn't find anything that matched the DNA pattern that supposedly occurred in the coronavirus. But what they did find was a souped-up version of uh, influenza A. Now, I'm old enough to remember, you're old enough to remember, we're we're both, by the way, the same age. All right. If you remember the 68 Hong Kong flu episode. Yes, I do, barely. I lived in upstate New York at the time by then, but I remember it, but it never shut the schools down or anything else. Right. Now... That would have been worse than the Spanish flu. But by the time the Hong Kong flu hit, Mm -hmm. we had the antibiotics to cure, and make sure you pay attention to this because people don't get this and doctors will shake their heads, the COVID-believing doctors. Oh, I know. I call call them the cult of COVID, the mass COVIDians. Yes, (laughs) very good. The the influenza, which is a virus, causes a bacterial pneumonia mm-hmm. as a secondary effect. Every doc in the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s knew that. Somehow, everything got kind of fuzzy and faded after the 80s, especially into the 90s. So now the docs aren't really, they don't really get taught that, back, excuse me, that viral flus create bacteria. Bacterial. Mm-hmm. Pneumonia as a, as a secondary infection. So uh, by the time the 68 uh, Hong Kong flu hit, we had the antibiotics to fight the bacterial the pneumonia. pneumonia. Now, what happens when people get Hong Kong flu, influenza A, they call it COVID, and they're told by FDA not to administer any medications? That's right. No, and no, and no uh, antibiotics, no anti-anything. Right. Just put them on a ventilator, knock them out, and let them die. Because mm-hmm. their lungs fill with fluid, and they basically drown in their own tissue, uh, t- uh, body fluids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's where all the deaths were coming from, from the bacterial pneumonia not being treated. Who had the greatest success against COVID? The folks who used the antibiotics, especially the azithromax, against the the uh, bacterial pneumonia and the folks who threw in the ivermectin, the mm-hmm. antiparasite medicine, because it's also a magnificent antiviral. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, they they try to. I did. A, I heard a story headline come out, and I th- and I think you you'll be able to follow me on this one, where there's some study. It was at the Wall Street Journal had an article, but they don't have the study. But apparently it was not. Ivermectin really didn't do that well, but we don't have the study to prove it. But we're telling you (laughs) what to believe. And this is the Wall Street Journal. And I'm going, okay. so you're saying that there's a study, but you're not going to show us a study or or where to find the study. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, 
supposedly a bunch of, of MDs in India did a study showing ivermectin wasn't effective, which is ironic because India was one of the first countries to use ivermectin to lower their their influenza A levels, their COVID levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, 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 these docs who were all connected to pharmaceutical companies supposedly did the study, but they really didn't do the study because when you looked at the math, the thing that, that, that gives away a fabricated study and I'll mm-hmm. preface what I'm about to say by giving you a quote. The gal, the MD gal, who for 20-some-odd years was the editor of the British Journal of Medicine, and I forget her name, uh, stated flatly that 60% of the research studies that got published every month in all of the English-language medical journals were falsified. They were made from whole cloth just invented out of thin air mm-hmm. to sell drugs or to push a certain point. So here we have a study, and they, they, they supposedly showed you the mathematical cohorts and stuff, and anyone who is any good at math, especially algebra, could take that apart and say, wait, wait, this doesn't make sense because that doesn't work into that. And that yeah, probably work. ninth grade algebra should be sufficient. <laughs> yeah. So the mathematicians went at it and said they said that the study was completely false and fabricated, and then it fell apart. It turned mm-hmm. out that there really was no study, and that became public, but the mass media suppressed it. Mm-hmm. All of the studies, the studies that showed that ivermectin is a wide-spectrum antiviral or actually done by Australian universities, two of them, I think, in, in Melbourne and in uh, Queensland, uh, in the 1970s. But what they also found about ivermectin is what has caused it to be suppressed. Ivermectin in most of the world, in the, in the tropics, mm-hmm. has been called by the U.N., uh, to be one of the most beneficial medicines in the world because it saved the lives of tens of millions of people. Oh, absolutely. And, and as, as I recall, also- there was something like there's been like two billion with a B doses given of ivermectin uh, with virtually no negative or bad effects. They can't find an LD50. It is not toxic. Mm-hmm. It, it has no LD50 at all. And there are there are, are, are some fake studies to say that it has a really high LD50 or a low LD50 or an L, but they can't find an LD50. What has caused ivermectin to be suppressed is that it has wide spectrum anti-cancer activity. It's cheap. Yeah. And 52% of the U.S. medical industry makes its income from cancer. 52%. So if ivermectin cures cancer... What happens to that 52%? It goes away. Bingo. Listen, I, I, I'm i going to share this, and I, I don't believe I'm getting I, I felt very weird when my, when my late wife got her cancer diagnosis way back in 2002. And, and you know, you, you just accept it. You know, how would I argue at that point in my life in my, in my, in my 40s? I've been raised with doctors as a kid back in my time. You know, doctors that I could trust. And I never, and I'd always been a relatively healthy person. So I very seldom ever saw a doctor unless I had, you know, broke something, injured something, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Maybe a really, really, really bad case of the flu or something of that nature. But I would go for years without having to see a doctor. That was just who I was. 
So I didn't realize there had been a change going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And so when a doctor, the guy with a nice white jacket, takes you into his office and says, here's the plan, you know, you, you just did it. And, you know, you can imagine the course went from chemo to radiation. Right. And then she got a little bit better. And then it came back um, as a lung cancer. And then it looked like it was the end. But then they tried another course of an experimental study and that worked and then it came back as brain cancer and she was gone uh that that was the that was the two years and four months you know from start to finish and and i you know i accepted that but as the years went by i got more and more angry about it saying did it have to be that way was there anything we were missing um anything that we should have been doing and our diets are, and all these things, and, and face it, the American diet on average is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I'm... Especially since the late 70s. I can explain why later. Yeah, and I'd like to because, you know, I, I look at my health uh, and, and I, I look at, look, I realize that I'm older, but I, I don't think that I should be in the... How do I, I don't want to make people think that I'm in some horrible shape, but, you know, I shouldn't be overweight i shouldn't be having aches and pains and i shouldn't be having all these tired spells even at this age and i, and I think i'm sure a lot of it has to do with oh the past two years were for part of a year you couldn't go or do anything uh we were being stoked with fear never ending uh we we were locked down we were desocialized. we were everything that is unhealthy for a person and what do we do? We go to the comfort foods, don't we? Yes, exactly. And so, and I do want to address that because I think that a lot of us, I've just got a feeling that this program is going to be helpful to a lot of people, not just me, uh, because I think I'm not alone. You know, there, there's about, no, well, there's a good 50 pounds of me that could go bye-bye tomorrow and I'd be, you know, getting closer to an ideal weight. That's what most folks guess. Yes, but then you wouldn't be as diabetic as obese. You wouldn't have the, the, the hypokinetic diseases. How much money would medicine lose? Too much. <laughs> right. Let me take you back to the late 1970s, because it, 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 it's where all of this started. A good bit of this started. There was a book called Eat to Win. Mm-hmm. I won't mention the guy, the author's, the, the two author's names, but the, 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 the book emphasized the high-carbohydrate diet. Oh, yeah. I remember then, that. <laughs> yes, and then FDA came And low-fat. Got to go low-fat, man. Exactly. Can't have any fat in your body. Well, that caused a whole different... Well, the, what are the, you know, I, 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 I'm going to choose my words carefully. Uh, one of the greatest lies ever perpetuated is that eating fat makes you fat. Bingo. We have a way of getting rid of fat. We have a way of getting rid of excess fat that we eat. We have a way of getting rid of excess protein that we eat. We have no way of getting rid of excess carbo- carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. They get packed on the body as fat. So the eat to win diet became a really big fad, and it came straight out of the ma- marathoner movement. Now, yeah, if you run 10, 26 miles a day, it you're going to need an awful lot of fuel. The rest of us don't. FDA latched onto it, and they published – a food pyramid, which was exactly the same pyramid that USDA used to fatten up livestock for slaughter. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we looked at the pyramids and we went, it's exactly the same thing. 
I know. So, I know. Now, within 10 years of the A2 in diet, America was 73% more diabetic and 70% more obese. Mm. Unbelievable. I'm going to, what I, I tell you what, we got a break coming up here in just a moment, and I, I want to carry you on to the other side. Before we go to the break, um, I want you to finish that thought on the diet, if you can, and then we're going to come back, and I want to talk about some of your feelings about where we are in this pandemic, but most important, where we are in taking better care of ourselves. Um, anything You were talking about that diet. Is there anything you can add before we go to the break? We need to get rid of the carbs. We need to get rid of most of the carbs we take in a, in a day. Eat less than 100 grams of carbohydrates a day. Take in one gram of protein per every two pounds of body weight. And eat as much fat as you possibly can because it feeds your brain and prevents Alzheimer's. Real quick, we got time for this. But what about those that say, well, you know, the cholesterol numbers are going to go through the roof. You'll have to go on Lipitor. Every single health survey. Not a study, mind you, not a short-term study that people can mess with statistically. The, the Hawaiian Men's Health Survey was charted off with 9,000 men in Hawaii in 1973 and is still ongoing. The Nurses' Health Study started off with 18,000 nurses 20 years ago. is still ongoing. All of those long-term health surveys show that the longest-lived people are the ones with the highest cholesterol counts. Also... The people who don't have Alzheimer's are the ones with the highest cholesterol counts because the brain is 70% saturated fat. Everything you think with is a saturated fat. Your neurotransmitters are saturated fats bonded onto B-complex vitamins. Your memories are saturated fats bonded onto B-complex vitamins and amino acids. If you don't feed your brain saturated fats, what we see with Alzheimer's patients is that in 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 in, in Late, early, and mid-phase Alzheimer's, their brains look like uh, baked potatoes that have been left in the oven for too long because all the saturated fat's been sucked out of it to maintain skin suppleness, to build hormones, to do all sorts of other stuff. The body saps this saturated fat from the most of, from the largest pool, the largest source of saturated fat. Before 1965, before the Framingham study that, that caused everyone to start eating the, uh, the uh, uh, polyunsaturated, polyunsaturated fats, that medicine knew from studies in the 20s, 30s, and 40s deteriorated brain tissue. Uh, mm-hmm. Before that, the Framingham study, if you went to med school, you were taught that you would never see an Alzheimer's case in 20 years of practice because there were only four cases per every one million patients. Now, there's... One case for every three patients. My guest today is the is Dr. William Wong, a classical naturopath, PhD, exercise physiologist, certified athletic trainer, and, and a whole lot more. And this has been an enlightening program so far. But there's more to come on the other side of the break, so stay with us. I want to just pass along a couple of reminders It'll be a busy week next week trying to finish up our shortwave project in, in Okeechobee, Florida, and, and see what the Lord has in store in the next chapter of, of our lives in this ministry. I, I just really feel that a lot is on the table right now. We're coming into a time of opportunity before we have a time of, I think, a lot of turbulence again and tribulation. So while the 
While the sailing is a little bit clear, let's get some of this work done and see what we can do with this ministry in in helping to inform others. If you believe in this ministry, by the way, I've added something, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start using it more and more. Substack is a is a website and a place that a lot of great authors and people that get canceled everywhere else have gone to put their material. And I've decided I'm not going to be doing a lot of prolific writing, and I really don't want to put a paywall up. Some people like, oh, that I there's some great authors that are using it for their newsletters, and it is a subscription basis for them for some of their stuff. But right now, all of my material is in the clear. It's free to read. You can find that. If you go where to listen on our website, Truth to Ponder, you'll see a link. Uh, for hearing the podcast and also reading the newsletter, it says Substack. You can also go to Substack.com and type in Truth to Ponder, the word to this time, Truth to Ponder, and you will find what we have. You can even hear the podcast from there now as well. Trying to expand every avenue that we possibly can. If you believe in our work and can help us financially to pay for the airtime, would you consider writing a check payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753, Highway 85 North, 5753, Highway 85 North, our secure box number 3248, that's 3248, and the city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, and the zip code is 32536, Crestview, Florida, 32536. I'm going to thank you for advance, in advance for all that you've been doing for this ministry and continue to do. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The wild day coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out. I'm receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Palm Sunday. We think of it as people getting dressed up in their Palm Sunday outfits, ties, nice clothes, hats. They come in the door, receive their their carefully picked palms, celebrate very orderly, nice orderly service. But the real Palm Sunday was a lot different. First of all, nobody had Palm Sunday clothes on. Pretty much nobody was wearing a hat. They were wearing a sheet. No Jew had a Palm Sunday hat on. One guy had a towel on his head, but that was about it. Nobody was handing out nice little palm branches. You had to get your own from the nearest tree. And there was no order of service. It was pretty much wherever the donkey went, that was the order of service. Nobody's plan went the way it went on Palm Sunday, except for God's plan. The fact is, Palm Sunday was a day of commotion. It was wild. Didn't fit into anybody's order. God was coming. It was a surprise. It wasn't in the schedule. It wasn't in the agenda. It wasn't in the plan. It wasn't It was wild. So God doesn't try to fit into our schedules or our plans or our boxes. And that's the problem with much of Christianity. You see, it's so ordered. It's so boxed in. It's so neat. It's so in control by man's understanding and doctrine and plans and schedules and agendas. Programs leaves no real room for God. God is God. So he's never supposed to fit into our schedules. Don't try to fit God into your schedule. Fit your schedule into God. Build your schedule around God. Don't try to fit God into your plans. Fit your plans into God. And don't try to put God into your box. Commit your box to God and let him deal with it. God is not neat in the way we see neatness. He's surprising. He's wild. He's amazing. Open up your life and your routine and your schedule. Let the presence, let the real work of God come in and the Lord will come in, not as we plan. 
but as he wills. That is the true Palm Sunday. One more ask for a holy commotion on CD. Now the free gift for you. From the Sands of Judea, the awesome Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You're going to love it. And and Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. How do you get all these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name and yet call it. That's it. So to get your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1. Yeshua 1. Now, I invite you to minister with me, together bringing salvation to God's ancient people, Israel, and the unreached peoples of all nations on five continents with over a billion people. It's amazing. The farthest way your life can ever impact the world for the gospel. Shortwave Radio. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's 1-800-YESHUA, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111. It's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey. And the zip, it's 07644. It's the nice Jewish boy. It's Box 1111. It's Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, who is wild, the Prince of Peace. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I want to get right back to my guest, Dr. William Wong. We've had just an exciting conversation in the first half, and I want to really get right back to what we were talking about. Dr. Wong, let me ask this. From your experience, when you look at the information and the way it's being disseminated through our media, uh, through advertising, through through government, do you sense any manipulation? And, and how would you describe our information today? We've got a government, we've got a system that doesn't want us looking in particular directions. We've got a system and people in control who want us to be oblivious of their moves to do particular things with society and to point society in in particular ways. Now to do that, just like a good magician, you have to take the attention off of what you're doing and make folks focus on something else that looks to be spectacular, but it ain't what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where all this, the fear of the day comes from whether it's uh, a pandemic or a new virus or the threat of nuclear war or uh, some evil dictator somewhere doing horrible things to people. And, and, and then it just so happens that the timing is perfect when, 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 when one story is beginning to be uh, called BS on, the other story just kind of pops yeah, up. Good, out of yeah, good example. Let, let's, let's talk about, you know, the, you know, let's talk about COVID for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt very strongly in in yeah, November and especially in the first week of December. We started. I started just saying the, the the truth is about to come out. The veil is about to be pulled back, and and COVID is about to be exposed to many people for the fraud that it is. Exactly. Yeah. And and eventually the same will come true with the with the vaccines that are not vaccines. Right. But I never anticipated Ukraine being the instant overnight uh, substitute out of nowhere. We started seeing stories in January and into February uh, where some of the most draconian blue state governments were going to start backing off the mandates. Why? 
because they're about to be exposed and they want to get ahead of the story and not be consumed by the story. Right. They want to say that, well, we were smart enough to see that there were some troubles with this, so that's why we were making our pivot. You know, so trust us more. And then <laughs> with everything falling apart, um, Putin gave them the excuse that they needed to bury everything in a hurry. Magically. Yeah, suddenly. Just the right timing. You know, it, it, somebody said, those that can't let alone get rid of the paranoia of the one crisis for the other are the ones that wear a face mask with a Ukrainian flag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, that's what it's come down to. You know, in my, I mean, literally, I mean, you know, this, I, I saw that the other day. I'm going, they can't let go of that. So they get a Ukrainian flag face mask. They're double normies. Yeah, they're, 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 they're into all of it. And, and the vaccines, we talked about it before we started our interview today. And, and it's been my contention that these vaccines are not vaccines. It's my contention that a company by the name of Moderna, which never had a product make it successfully to market because it kept killing uh, the test animals in, in their trials, they kept promising the world that they're going to cure everything from cancer to, to male pattern baldness with, <laughs> with this stuff. And, and conveniently, the coronavirus comes along and we can manufacture a spike protein that'll make your body trigger to do something and, and then you'll become corona-proof. So everybody's got to get this two-shot regimen and, and, the, and the world to be saved. We'll all be corona-proof. That, that we were told that in December of 2020. And something inside of me screamed loudly, don't get near that poison. That's the words that I heard in my mind. It's poison. Am I a crazy man for calling the wonder vaccine that came out of Project Warp Speed poison? Absolutely not. There's a group called La Quinta Columna, the fifth column. They're some of the top doctors out of Spain. Now, let me explain Spain for a second. Most folks think of Spain as almost a third world country. Mm -hmm. They've got med schools that are the equal with or better than our Ivy League schools. And I look down at our Ivy League schools, their reputation, but they teach schlock. Okay, so they've got some of the best med schools in Europe, comparable with the, uh, 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 oh gosh, what's that, that institute uh, in uh, uh, Copenhagen? Uh, oh, nice. Karolinsk. Karolinska Institute. So the and, and these docs and microbiologists from the uh, University of Madrid and some of the other big med schools there uh, figured out that the stuff in the vaccine and is 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 deadly on several points. Uh, first, let's deal with the with the RNA that they admit is in the vaccine. Let's let's talk about the stuff they admit is in the vaccine, and then let's talk about the stuff that has been discovered in the vaccine but that the, med, the, the pharmaceutical companies won't admit to. First thing is the RNA. They say that the RNA stays in your shoulder, and then uh, as your blood swirls around it, uh, it, 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 you develop the immunity to COVID. Okay. Uh, it's been found that within six hours of the shot being administered, that RNA is already cutting out parts of your DNA, inserting itself into your DNA, and the part that it cuts out 
is the part of your DNA that helps you to resist cancer. They have found the RNA from uh, the COVID shots in people's livers, in the internal organs. These guys have actually done biopsies looking for that little strand of the RNA next to the spike proteins. Hmm. Are they nuts? This is the stuff that causes Alzheimer's. No, excuse me. Uh, 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 Jacob Crutchfield, uh, mad cow. Mm-hmm. The spike protein is what causes mad cow. Why on earth are you going to put that into a vaccine? Then the stuff they won't admit to. Uh, both microbiologists in universities here and microbiologists around the world have found something called the hydrovulgaris, which is a parasite. Uh, Morgellons fibers, which is another parasite. Uh, that's that's also a parasite found in GMO corn and GMO peas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have found uh, gr- graphene, which miraculously somehow self-assembles into. I, I have no idea what, but they've they've shown that it actually moves around and does stuff. Uh, and there was there, there was actually one one video of the graphene nanorobots actually latching onto a sperm and helping it to fertilize an egg. And, and, and how they got to that video, I've, I've, I've no clue. I don't remember. Uh, what else did they find in the vaccine? Uh, there was, there was one of the things. But all these things are either parasites or poisons. Mm-hmm. So why are they in the vaccine? Oh, and the HIV. There's, a, there's a strand, or a few strands of HIV in the vaccine that now people who have had uh, three vaccines. The, the the primary vaccine and two boosters in the UK. Uh, what they're finding is people who have had the three shots, mm-hmm. their immune system is tanking and they're getting vaccine induced AIDS. Exactly. And also it's, it's also called, uh, there's another name for it. Um, vac- let's see vaccine acquired AIDS. There's also yeah. um, immune de- uh, dependency, Yes. Acquired right. immune dependency, uh, all this being caused by your body's reaction. Uh, there are people that I know that have taken the vaccine once, and I, I pray that over time uh, that they can at least recover a part of their immune system. As long as they don't keep coming back for more of this stuff, they might have a fighting chance. Let me tell you my experience from working with victims of childhood vaccines. I had the the privilege of working in the office of the world's top homeopath, Dr. Abram Burr, in Scottsdale, uh, in the in the mid to late nineties, and we worked on a good many infants and toddlers and children whose brains were severely damaged mm-hmm. by the vaccines then. And first, you know. The simplistic thought is, oh, all we need to do is detox. We detox the mercury. We detox this. Mm-hmm. We detox that. Well, we know that there's mercury in there. We know that there's this. We, we know that there's that. But that's not what's really causing this stuff. Yes, we can take out the mercury. We can do all this other stuff, but we can't reverse the damage. Mm-hmm. And try as hard as we might using every technique from IV ozone to homeopathics to nutrition to God knows what. Chelation. Uh, chelation. Uh, uh, UV uh, uh, or, or, or IR, saunas, you name it. We did it. Zero results. We could not reverse a single uh, brain-damaged child, and we could not stop the course 
of, of, of events that were happening from the vaccine. So the COVID vaccine is a hundred times worse and deadlier and more designed to be openly deadly than any of the childhood vaccines ever were. What makes anybody think they could detox, do a simple detox and get rid of the effects of the vaccine? Uh, what uh, I think doc, Dr. Tenpenny uh, said this in a, a mini lecture uh, a, a, a week or two ago, those folks are dead. They've mm-hmm. got maybe three, three years, 10 at the outside. But we're beginning to see them drop dead now. Fifteen players dropped out. Oh yeah, in Miami, in Miami, playing tennis. Soccer players are dead this year. Well, you know, and we're. we're, we're I saw. I saw this advertisement, and this this is from our own CDC. You know, that used to be a respected organization in the north side of Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and but that was fifty years ago. I, I, I see this ad that talks about how strokes and heart attacks are normal for children, too. Wait a minute. Never happened. I'm thinking, okay, I went to high school. I only know of one person that within two years of my high school class, and we had 200 and some of us, I know one gal that did die of a massive heart attack a couple of years out of high school. But she had, we found out later, a very defective heart that she had inherited to begin with. And yep. she had been a ticking time bomb all her life. Uh, and I, so that what do you do about that? I mean, that statistically can happen. But to start seeing a half a dozen or a dozen kids having strokes in the same size class or more in a year, uh, to have, your, as you say, soccer players collapsing on the field, uh, you know, and, and they all have one thing in common. They're fully vaccinated and oftentimes boosted. Because exactly. they, they have to have that to play right. uh, in this. What, what, what I don't comprehend at times, I do, but I, you know, the logical part does not comprehend it. The spiritual side does for yeah. me. Yeah. These vaccine manufacturers, I don't think they even understand fully what they're doing. They see the money. They see the power. They see the prestige. They see the corporate bottom line. They see getting that new Mercedes. They see getting that bigger house, a longer vacation. They see it all. And, and it goes back to what the Bible teaches, the love of money being the root of all evil. Right. And then there are those that see the benefit of the deadliness of this for their agendas. There are a lot of people that believe we need to get rid of, you know, 70, 80, or 90% of us so the world can be sustainable. And we have to kill off people. There are many others that think that they're the ones that are in their 30s and 40s now that when old people come along, you know, those baby boomers are going to suck dry the money supply if their lives are shortened. And and I believe many of their lives will be shortened. Uh, Those that of my born in 54 that might live to be, let's say, 85 on average. They may only live to be 72 or 74 or 70 or 69. But many of them are not going to see 80 or 85. I mean, it's going. I think it's going to be this gradual uh, die-off that begins. Now, there's some people that try to give headlines like, a third of the people will be dead by October of last year. Didn't happen. But I just felt that 
No, this is going to be a life shortener for everybody over time. Yep. And and it's going to this way you get to that it's going to be basically the 1930s all over again where you retired at 65 and you lived to be 65 and a half. <laughs> and that's what the system right, was designed yeah. for. Mm-hmm. No, if you made it to 68, hey, wonderful, 70, we can handle it. But now with people able to live longer, there are some good things about sanitation and everything else that can help in our lives. Um, and we went through this period of time where during the years that I grew up as a youngster, we ate correctly, we ate well, we exercised, we were active. And so it gave us a little head start to a longer life in our childhood. And, you know, there are some good things, quote, in modern medicine, but not all. It's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that let us live longer, the quality of life sometimes is is for schlock, as they would say. Yes. But we live longer though we have no mental capability left, I mean, right. in some cases, and we become, quote, the society burden. And for those kind of people, then when they look at these these vaccines, this may be a way out of the collapse of Social Security if 10 or 15 percent or 20 percent of the baby boomers never fully collect. It certainly helped to clean out the nursing homes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Make room for the next group that comes through. Right. And, and you know, it's it's there's something that I I try to figure out who is the author of all this evil. And I don't think it's a human being. No, nope. <laughs> I think it's, it's I think it's satanic in nature. I think that I, I, I believe for years that those that do not know that are, shall we say, enemies of the cross. Mm-hmm. And they listen to those voices. They're listening to their little job, not even understanding what their piece of the puzzle is. And Satan sees the entire thing at 30,000 feet. And you're that one little person doing your job on a vaccine or you're doing your job in this political realm or you're doing this job, whatever it may be. That's leading us to the one world government, the one world digital currency and all that goes with it. And And there are those that are in a group that are hoping that day comes and they can't wait to see it because they want to be at the big boys table to run it and they don't care how they get there Uh, and then you got these poor nurses uh, that are at these fine hospitals that are injecting this stuff into children's arms thinking they're doing god's service how do you answer to that i have no clue i have no clue let me touch on one thing that that you touched on briefly though the CDC. Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize the CDC is actually a private corporation. Uh, n- not quite unlike our, our the U.S. Post Office, which is 50% private corporation now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CDC has always been a private corporation with government affiliation and government power. And uh, the CDC holds patents and makes money from vaccines. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And oh, yes. any any denial of that is, is, is you know, can be uh, proven uh, to be a lie just by checking the patents. It's very yeah. simple. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Fauci denied ownership of, of, of any uh, uh, thing related to a, a COVID vaccine, patent check found he would lied really fast. When mm-hmm. FDA denied ownership of 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 uh, uh coronaviruses they had a coronavirus a corona 19 
Wow. Specified, called 19 virus, patented somewhere in the mid-2000s. Yep. And that patent was provable. So uh, we have folks who are supposedly in charge of, of, of overseeing that we are healthy and strong and, 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 and uh, do well physically as a nation who at the very top of their pyramids, mm-hmm. we have people who Father Malachi Martin described really well. He said that the perfectly possessed are perfectly happy. Yeah. They yeah. don't care they're going to hell. They don't care what they're mm-hmm. going to suffer lay, mm-hmm. lay, later on. They're blind. Orgies and the drugs and everything else now. They're going to live to 90-something or 100-and-something because that's the deal Satan has with them. Yeah, and then, and, you, got, then you got those that I, I saw the other day, one of the advisors to Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. and, and he's a believer that we're going to merge human— I listened to, I listened to him talk, that we are going to be— the creative force in the cloud, not not the God in the cloud, but we are now the creator. Yes. And we are going to merge, you know, machine and man and and ultimately have eternal life. Right. <laughs> I'm listening to him say it and I'm that, going, it is scary. Before we run out of time today, and by the way, you are going to have to be back next week because we got too many things to talk about. I mean, this this is too good. One thing that I want to touch on, and we've only got just a few minutes, and I, I want to give you an opportunity just to make a little mention, and we'll get deeper into it in the next program, and then also how to, how can people find you? But when with people like us, baby boomers, how do we how do we take what what are the what's the most important thing we need to do to take better care of ourselves? You know, in in the simplest terms. Here's where I'll send everyone to listen to a lecture I have on YouTube. The lecture is titled Fighting the Things Most Likely to Kill Us. If you just put that title into YouTube, you'll find it. All right. Fighting the Things Most Likely to Kill Us, William Wong, ND, PhD. Uh, you, you don't even have to put my name in. Just put in the title. Uh, and that uh, lecture is uh, about an hour and 20 minutes long, but it's likely the most important thing I've ever done and uh, it, it's folks have told me that it's so packed with information, they listen to it over and over and over again just to get all all of the data out. Now, you mentioned Carl Schwab before, and yep. I, I, mm-hmm. I have to say this: I gave a lecture that you can also find on YouTube. My lecture to uh, uh, the folks at uh, uh, oh uh, oh heck uh, Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. which was over, uh, which is the, the same lecture. About a different product. This is before I had my, my my own product line, and around the eleven minute mark, they'll pan across the audience, look and see who you see there, sitting there taking notes. Who? Charles Schwab. Wow. I had no idea. I didn't know who the guy was. Had no idea he he existed. I was told some notables were there at the lecture, but mm-hmm. I, I, I I I didn't know. Klaus Schwab from a hole in the wall. Wow. And I'm looking at this lecture two months ago because I always go back and listen to my old lectures to see if I'm missing anything in my present work. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. <laughs> and, and they pan across, and around the 11-minute mark, the 11-minute plus, I see this face, and I go, holy poop! Wow. And I seize the frame, and I go, oh, oh my God! 
<laughs> yeah. The, 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 the epitome of evil is sitting there. Oh, man. What is he doing in my lecture? Yeah, good question. That 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 was scary. All right, in the, in just a couple of seconds here, if people can get online, and of course, if if anybody needs to contact you and you can't remember all this, just look for the radio show website. You can email me, and I'll make sure it gets forwarded, uh, just in case you forget. But uh, real quick, how do they find you? Uh, they can find my information, my writings, at Doctor Wong's message. Dot com. I've got articles listed from A to Z there. They can find my radio shows on BitChute. They can find uh-huh. my radio shows on YouTube. And they can listen on WINB and WCR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on both of those. God, I love shortwave. Yep, I do too. <laughs> and uh, the, the, just type in Dr. William Wong, ND, PhD. You'll find me. It, it no, it, it's kind of easy. Dr. Wong, I want to thank you for spending all this time today with me on the program. And if you don't mind, let's get together and have you back one day next week. We have a lot more to discuss. I had a lot of questions because I'd gone through your, bi- your biography and our, our pre-conversation before the program. And we never got to half the stuff that I that I really need to ask. And so I want to thank you for for giving me of your time so willingly. If you appreciated the program today, do me a favor. How do you listen to Truth to Ponder? As a podcast, do you listen as a radio program on shortwave or even domestic? Let me know. I'm trying to be a good steward of the finances that we have to make sure we reach as many people as as God intends for us to reach. I've added another feature, and I'll tell you more about it. There'll be more information as the days go by on the website. I'm going to be putting together just an occasional bit of writing to kind of encapsulate what we've been discussing on the program and and the things that are going on behind the scenes. It's free. I'm not going to charge you for that. Substack can allow you to do that, but I just don't feel led right now to do that. I think you can contribute if you want from there. But regardless... If you can help us out with our ministry and keep us on shortwave, I'm, I'm praying about some stuff that I really need, need your help. I need your advice. Let me know what you think. If you can help us financially, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. We are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code in Crestview, Florida is 32536. Once again, 32536. We will be back tomorrow with an all new episode of Truth to Ponder. Until then, may God bless. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.